Seggy Station. Massive technical difficulties today. But Chewy smats the stats, kid is here. And we're currently phoning Barry. What's up, Barry? What's up, Harold? What's up? Another day at the office. Classic, the office. classic old school today. Straight recording only. I don't know what's going on with any of my stuff at my house, but the connections are just not working. But the phones are working. What's good, guy? Uh, everything's good. Everything's good. Maybe, maybe it has something to do with the whole. I don't know. I don't know what system you run off of. Like Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp are all down. So. Yeah. yeah what's going on with that? Do you know anything about that? Are we getting scammed and like taken over right now? Hopefully, I hope so. I hope I'm not being invaded. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hoping it's aliens. It's not like the country. Hell yeah. Anyway. It all comes back to the aliens. What's going on, beautiful people? It's Smats the Stats Kid. How are you? I honestly think the recording is more, more awesome, but yeah, there's just, just no video. We're just chatting. Yo, yep. Barry, for real though. I had to get you back on the pod. I'll get you back on when I get my recording going, but I wanted to get you coming through. Uh, Chewy's here today. We'll talk a little baseball. Uh, We'll definitely talk some baseball, but before I did that, man, I just got to say, it was the first time in NFL history that the Giants and Jets both won an overtime game in the same day. They've actually done so. I had it down. uh, I think they uh, done so. Last time was in 2015. They actually did so in the same game back in 1974, a game they played uh, each other. Um, but huge wins after all the shit we were talking. Uh, New York sports and Jets and Sam Darnold takes an L as well, even though he's leading the league right now with five rushing touchdowns. And he had five rushing touchdowns and I believe 38 games with the Jets. Uh, he has five rushing touchdowns and five games with the Panthers. They take an L to the Dallas Cowboys, which is tough for me. The Dallas Cowboys look legit. But the Jets, Giants, Broncos took an L, which was tough for mm-hmm. Chew. I'm sure we'll get into that. But I, I'm just curious uh, with the Jets winning a game. Is Last year I remember talking to you, and it was like, damn, we don't want to win any games. We want to get Trevor Lawrence. We want to get Zach Wilson. We want to get the next guy. Well, all right, you got your guy. I mean, obviously you want to try and win as many games as you can. Um Tennessee was banged up, obviously, so it went overtime, and the, and the game itself was, I thought, good for Zach Wilson, one of the best games he's shown, um, even though he, I think he had an interception, had two touchdowns, um, they end up winning the game. Uh, I mean, going forward, I don't know if the Jets are going to win mad games now, uh, but they did win a football game after all we talked about. Kind of similar to the Giants. Um, I know they got Dallas this week and a real tough schedule after that. Um, It was great to see them win a football game. I thought we should have won more. Um, But here I am kind of now, the day after. um, Yeah, all hyped up to see my team win. Uh, Real hyped up to see the Jets win after all the shit I was talking on them and and talking with you and and talking Sam Darnold. And and just now I'm thinking, well, what's what's this going forward? I mean, damn, we might rattle off a few L's. Like if the, if the jets rattle off three straight L's, like what is this, what does this one win really mean? I mean, I guess you're better than urban Meyer and the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars in the nightclub and shit. But to me, I, I don't know. Like I'd rather see my team win a little bit more consistently. I think the giants are a little closer than the jets, but I don't know. I, I mean, the AFC East looks wide open. Like the Pats, they look like 
absolute garbage. Like, to me, I thought they were going to win that game last night, and they shell it away because their team just is not good. You look at the Dolphins, I don't know what the hell they are without Tua, but damn, even if they have Tua, what are they? Because a lot of people talk shit about Tua, too. So when I look at the Jets, can, maybe are they the second-best team in this division? Because I don't think they're touching the Buffalo Bills, but no, seriously. I mean, absolutely not. What's going on here, for real? The Patriots are far and away the second-best team in that division, and it's a huge step down from what the Buffalo Bills have done. Obviously, the first week, Josh Allen didn't look like Josh Allen. They lost, but ever since that game, they had a 40-point shutout yesterday. They had another massive win a week before. Uh, the Bills are the team to beat, obviously, like we've said from the jump in this division. But you, you got to give the Patriots a little bit of credit yesterday. It was bad weather. It was obviously a huge emotional game. But it was very interesting to see because Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady, um, you know, a lot obviously riding on that matchup and stuff too. But it was very interesting to see Bill Belichick do what Bill Belichick teams do, and they shut down a quarterback. They shut down the best quarterback in NFL history. He didn't throw for a touchdown. It was a very close game. They had the doink at the end, which would have been one of the better kicks we've ever seen in the weather conditions there. It was kind of a win-win for both. Like, yes, the Patriots lost. Tom Brady got the win in the Bucks, but, like, they held it real close, and it was a... It was a very eventful game. I did enjoy it, even though it wasn't very high scoring and stuff, but it was a little back and forth. It was a good battle, and it was interesting to see, for sure. But, I mean, the Bills are by far the best team. The Jets won a game, but they're the Jets. I wanted to touch on the Pats, but and uh, but what are you feeling on the Jets after their win? 27-24 uh, over the Tennessee Titans in overtime. How are you feeling today? I feel, a little, I feel pretty good about the win. great to view as a Jets fan and stuff too obviously you always want your team to win no matter the circumstances uh great to see them yep great to see a win and stuff too but I think the biggest problem here is you look and like yes they were down a little bit but Ryan Tannehill threw the ball 49 fucking times when he didn't have AJ Brown or Julio Jones I don't really understand the play calling there they weren't giving Derrick Henry the ball a lot early to start the season and not giving it to their best receivers and then you have him come out and throw 49 passes to a bunch of no names so the Titans are a weird team. Definitely, he's gonna break away at least a couple times a game. That's Derrick Henry. He wears guys down and stuff too. But I just don't really understand the whole logic behind the uh, Tennessee Titans this year. They've kind of, um, after having a couple good years and stuff, they just look awful. A hundred percent, yeah. I mean, Arthur Smith, obviously, you saw what he did there with, um, you know, when he was there, their offense was good balance between passing the ball and running the ball with the best running back in football. Uh, defense, obviously. Yeah, but you guys, guys, guys I mean, their defense is terrible, but you guys yeah. got to think that the Titans are going to win that division, right? I mean, the Colts pick up their first win, and then you got the Jags in Houston. Yeah, oh, yeah, I still, I think it's still their division to lose, but it's, 
Exactly. I think it says more about how bad the division is as opposed to Because I don't think the Colts are going to come back from being 0-3. I know they won a game yesterday, uh, 27-17 over Miami, mm-hmm. uh, who's now 1-3 and as well, who I think is in a lot of trouble. I don't know when two is getting back. Austin Boulay's fantasy team, by the way, is it's fucking the worst trash. Thing I've ever seen. Like I cannot believe that dude has won a fantasy championship, and He's that shit two. honestly pisses me off. He's won two. That shit honestly pisses me off, because I think he put up 38 points yesterday, and I know Mike's put out a post about low points in the league, but that might be the most atrocious fucking fantasy team I've ever seen in my life. Well, to have I, I mean, six that, Dolphins on your team is just you're asking. Just to lose. crazy. To have six of anyone on a team is just, just crazy. I just cannot believe that shit. Um, yeah, dude, that unreal. A big matchup tonight. Justin Herbert's got to go huge. I love him. Uh, you guys got tonight Chargers Vegas. You know Vegas is still undefeated. You had five hundred undefeated teams, unbeaten teams heading into yesterday. Rams, Panthers, and Broncos all go down. Uh, you got Vegas tonight trying to do so. I don't think they beat the Chargers. I like the Chargers in tonight's game. It's in L.A., in SoFi. Uh, I know Vegas is 3-0. and I know Gruden and Derek Carr and their chemistry is looking good and their defense is looking better. And run game, even without Josh Jacobs, is still looking John Gruden-esque, but not as good as Justin Herbert. I love the Chargers in this division that I think is going to be extremely tight, even with the Broncos taking an L. Um, I think it's tough to tell, and I talked about heading into that before that game, bro, that this is going to be a big game for me in terms of my rankings, Ravens-Broncos. I had the Ravens kind of right, right there. I had the Broncos just on the outside in my first power rankings. Um, I think it's tough to kind of tell how that game shaked out because of Teddy getting knocked out. Uh, Drew Locke comes in. I I think he threw an interception. Nah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he 12 did. and 19. It was in the like final play yeah, of the game. Yeah, exactly. It was the last play of the game. So but really... still threw an interception. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it would have been different if Teddy was able to obviously p- play through the game. He wasn't. Lamar Jackson, you got to give this dude a lot of credit, dude. Lamar Jackson is is just elite. He gets talked about, slandered on so much. I, I did see a ridiculous stat, and I know Justin Fields lost the game up against the Chiefs, but. Uh, and just like two starts or something like that, Justin Fields had like 300, two 300-yard passing games. I think he had another yesterday, even in the loss. Uh, Lamar Jackson has like one in 38 starts. And, and, and Lamar Jackson's winning percentage is elite. I also wanted to ask you specifically, and I know I'm kind of just all over the place right now, but I'm kind of just kind of covering some of the things I saw and wanted to ask things along the way. The Broncos were out of that game. Fourth quarter, the, the Ravens somehow got the ball back or some bullshit. They needed like four or five yards. I know you probably saw this. Yeah. Four or five yards to Brit to tie a Steelers record set in 1974-77 of 43 straight games with 100 yards rushing in the game. They were four or five yards short. They're up 23-7. I mean, you clearly take a knee in that situation. Nope. They lined up. They run a speed option to the left with Lama Jackson. He gets five easy, goes down, and and Vic Vangio is heated. I'm watching that live as they're commentating it, thinking to Chew, thinking, damn, are they actually doing this right now just for some, like, record thing? Mm-hmm. That, like, all right, I saw Tom Brady break a record of Drew Brees last night, Drew Brees covering the game. Like, all right, dude, whatever. Like, some of these guys are going to break records. This record is a team record. And I'm thinking, what happens if – Nothing obviously happened, but it's just like a weird thing to do for me in that situation. Like bad sportsmanship. I know it's the NFL, but like you're gonna go for some records. Like I don't know. Like if you're the Broncos 
and you know that they're going to run that, like, I don't know, it seemed like they kind of just gave up that four or five yards to me. Like, I'm, like, watching that play, and, like, I know they're not going to, like, hit Llama, but, like, bro, you, you could have tackled them. Like, they had some good blocking on it, but, like, it seemed like, all right, just give the dude four or five. He ain't going to run it anymore, and he went down. To me, to get a record like that is a little fluky as well when you got John Harbaugh after the game talking about, well, it means a lot to our players and coaches. I don't know. I didn't want to get your take on how you felt about that. That was kind of stupid to me. Uh, yeah. Congr- I would have been pissed if I was a Broncos player. Congratulations on your regular season record. Learn how to fucking play in the playoffs. You're all a bunch of worthless fucks. I hate the Harbaugh's, both of them. Um, I think it's incredibly ignorant. Uh, if you don't get the 100 yards then, I saw people saying, oh, well, the Broncos were still playing when the game is over. No shit, you're fucking losing. Look at a couple weeks ago, week one. You had the Lions down by, like, three touchdowns with three minutes to go, and they scored a couple touchdowns and made it interesting. You play to win the game, but in that situation where you have two seconds left on the clock, you want to get your record. Congratulations, it's a good record. Lamar Jackson is a fantastic quarterback. I love to see the leaps he's taken as a passer and stuff. Um... They're a very good team. They've always had a good rush offense, obviously, you know, evidenced by the 43 straight games with it. But I think it's a, you know, at the end of the day, whatever, we lost the game. The game was well out of reach by then. It sucks that Teddy got injured. Um, But also we were missing two offensive linemen. We were missing two of our three best wide receivers. K.J. Hamler done for the year with a torn ACL. Jerry Judy's ankle snapped in week one. Yeah, so, so like, all right, turn Barry up because I want his thoughts on uh, on that rushing thing for a second but i also want your thoughts on the broncos going forward i mean i know they lose this game this upcoming week where are they heading they're playing uh at pittsburgh which is a big game for you you i mean steelers are dead man walking with big ben so if he's starting a game and you can't win that game uh that's tough for me. And well, I, I haven't been on the air for a little bit, so I will get this in. Um, I wasn't counting the 3-0 and record to start. You play who's on your schedule. I was happy we started off 3-0, and but we got three very easy matchups. Uh, this game, obviously, I knew it was going to be a lot more serious. I didn't really feel that confident we were going to win. This was a swing game that I wanted to see them come out and absolutely ball out in. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was playing well to begin with, but it was a lot of you know dink and dunk like he's been doing and stuff too. Uh, the defense started off real well. First two series held them to, you know, quick drives, a three and out, you know, a quick, like, five-play drive, and then it was over. And then after that, it seemed like Lamar Jackson the boys got hot. And, you know, I looked up, and they went 77 yards in four plays. So, um, Yeah, but your, your starting QB gets knocked out of an NFL game. I mean, I would look at, the, right. look at, the, getting, look at yeah. the stats on how many teams win that game. I'd be I'd be stunned to see the results. Probably not yeah. many. I mean, teams just lose, obviously, a lot of that game, yeah, no playing one's... confidence, all mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, so for me, that was, it was tough to really to tell. But I'm just saying, I, I, it's concussion. It's not season-ending. Hopefully, he's back next week. We'll, not, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. I mean, Drew Locke played okay. I still think Teddy's your guy going forward. We kind of had this debate, uh, you know, heading into the season. We saw it. It played out. You know, I'd argue this. You know, the Jets, I think I think people need to wait on the Jets. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that, like I said, they're going to be this playoff contending team right now. But, you know, are they the Jags, Houston, or the Lions? I mean, the Giants, are you going to throw into that category? I thought the, the Broncos had a couple of pretty nice, solid performances regardless of who they were playing. And I and I hear all the time, like, oh, you can't account who, you know, play for playing bad teams unless, like, the games are, like, kind of close. Like, for me, it's like if you're going to play a bad team, we all kind of know it's a bad team. Like, you should probably, like, blow that team out, i.e. the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Like, it shouldn't be a field goal game. You should go into that game. 
you know, all phases of the game, dominate the game, end up destroying the other team if you're that much better or that team's that much worse. The Broncos did that. You know, they took care of the Jets, didn't let them score. It was only 20 points. But to me, that's a that's a performance where it shows, you know, the team's somewhat for real. This game, your QB gets knocked out. I'm just saying more going forward in a division now where everyone's flaming up because the Chiefs are 1-2. and two. Tyreek Hill goes for 186 with 11 receptions and three touchdowns. Should have had four in a single game. I saw that's more than the entire Pats receiving core. Go throw, go combine all of the Pats receiving core through four weeks and take Tyreek Hill's games yesterday, better game than all. And that's the type of shit I want to hear when people are like, well, the Patriots are still okay and good. I really don't think they are. And, and it's this thing for me where we're seeing it with the rookie QBs. Justin Fields gets his first win yesterday. I thought he played pretty well. Trey Lance got out of the game. Jimmy G's hurt again. Trey Lance will stay in the game going forward. Justin Fields will stay in the game going forward. As I mentioned on last pod, even though Andy Dalton's or uh, Matt Nagy, Andy Dalton, or Nick Foles, all of them are up for now. Justin Fields is the guy. Trey Lance is going to be the guy, and you're going to see some of these guys play out, and we'll see who's. I said Trey Lance is going to be the guy going forward. That's the cream of the crop. We'll see how he does after what he did yesterday. Zach Wilson had a decent performance yesterday, Barry. I thought he had some nice balls. I think Zach Wilson is the best when he's humming out of the pocket one way or the other, kind of off script, making some plays. Kyler Murray style. We're seeing what Kyler Murray's doing right now. Only undefeated team at 4-0, as he will see how the Vegas Raiders do tonight. But these rookies, they, they got to play. They're taking steps. I'll, you know, I'll say Mac Jones had a decent performance. You still had an interception, fumbled a ball with your running back. You end up losing the game. And if you can't go for it on 4th and 3, when you're going to kick a 56-yard field goal in some weather and all this other shit you're talking about, then to me, you don't have much faith if you're Bill Belichick and this dude, Mac Jones. Like, to me, you should be able to make that play. Third and three was a pretty nice play that he had to Jacoby Myers. I thought he was about to catch it. Had an easy pump fake, drop it to him. No, just throws it, gets tipped down. It's the little things like that that a lot of people won't talk about. I'm seeing, I, I listen to a lot of sports talk. I'm kind of one of these gas baggers. But I, it's just shit to me that I'm like, bro, that it's the little things that people won't talk about where I think Max just going to be kind of this average guy. When I go and look at what Trevor Lawrence is doing right now and even Zach Wilson having a decent game yesterday is more kind of like average play. And I get they're rookies. We got to let them grow, grow a little bit. But it's just a perfect example for me. Look at happened to Drew Locke, a guy that we wanted to get into and say give him some time. He's not in the league. Look at my guy Daniel Jones right now. Has a great game yesterday, 400 yards. It was the first 300-yard game since week 17 of his rookie year. And... You know, I'm looking at him, I'm like, oh, this is great. But can you keep doing it going forward? Can you do it consistently enough going forward that you're in the category with some of these other guys that are upper echelon? I don't know. I don't know if any of those guys are, besides maybe Justin Fields and Trey Lance, because I think moving Zach Wilson, like I said, if he can move and get out of the pocket. I don't see Mac Jones making plays out of the pocket. I'm hearing last night in the commentary, dude just standing in the pocket. That's all he can do. And I get it, he's still young, but if you're Bill Belichick, how much longer are you going to be coaching 69 years old? How many more chances at a Super Bowl are you going to have if you're Bill Belichick? Not many, in my opinion. You know, when I get down to this shit, and it's it's all rant, but I'm telling you, oh, man. it's actually wild. you got to let these guys play, right? But they ain't going to go well for some of these teams. Or is it? Like, is Zach Wilson, he won his first game. Justin Field wins a game. Trey Lance is in. I think the Niners aren't dead 2-2. Two and two. I know they lost a couple games, but... 
What's going on? 0-4 for the Jags. What's going on with Trevor Lawrence? How good is he going to be if Urban Meyer's out in the next fucking week? Because he's probably going to get fired for his drinking and scandaling and all this shit he was doing. Uh, uh, well, let me see here. Where to begin? Where to begin? Justin Fields and the Bears. They beat the Lions. Congratulations. He did play very good. I'm proud of him to see a step up like that. You have... The Jets and Zach Wilson, he made some great plays. He burned an absolutely terrible defense in the Tennessee Titans. Um, who was the other one? Trey Lance came in. He did throw, you know, an, about a 50% completion percentage. He did throw for two touchdowns on 186 yards, but they still lost the game. Mac Jones and all them, he by far has the worst group of receivers out of any of those guys. Uh, that's one That's one knock on Bill Belichick is he has never, ever been able to draft a good receiver. If you look at their good receivers throughout the years, they get them through trades of free agency, a la Randy Moss, Wes Welker, it, all the guys. You know, you go spend all this money on free agency, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, two tight ends. They got weapons there if that's what he thinks are weapons. Don't call Nelson Aguilar a weapon. This dude has dropped more passes than anyone in the history of the league. And also the thing with Mac Jones not getting out of the pocket to do that. Uh, I disagree with that. No, he's not going to scramble out and make a huge play, but I saw it at least three different times yesterday where he sidestepped the blitz, and that had the Patriots, or not the Patriots, I'm getting confused here, had the Bucks, the reigning Super Bowl champions, one of the best defenses in the league, dropping back into more zone coverage. Yeah, yeah, with Richard playing Sherman back. playing 58 snaps, getting yep. burnt out there, by the way. The Bucks should have lost Richard that Sherman fucking game. Richard Sherman is their fifth cornerback, I believe. They're injured, too. Yeah, and he'll be yeah. suspended in about three weeks. Let me just say... <laughs> Oh, we ranting today, boys. We ranting. You dead ass? <laughs> we ranting. <laughs> I really love what I saw out of Mac Jones. Yes, they lost the game. He was the only one who was playing a bad weather game, too. It was shit out there. You're playing the defending world champion Buccaneers, and you're also stick. playing... I think you have it. Um, playing the defending champs, playing Tom Brady. A lot of emotion in that game. I don't know. It was... Uh... Nah, nah. Good game. Barry. I'm glad Tom won. I'm glad Tom won. Barry. If you're if you're looking at the if you're looking at the rookie QBs, if you had to look at them and, and see what's good with them going forward, I know you might be a little biased towards Zach Wilson, but uh, you know, Chewy's told me multiple times, you know, he thinks it's oh yeah, he thinks it's Mac Jones that's going to be you know looking the best, and he he's looking the best right now. Um. But going forward, I don't know. And I'd also argue, you know, Mac Jones, if if that's him looking great and, and Bill Belichick, he, I think Cam Newton had a chance to win that game yesterday if he's there. You know, I'm talking, this is the type of shit that gets me going, man. Where I'm Cam like, Newton has been in the league for over 10 years. He's been in situations. He's been to a Super Bowl. Of course he's going to have more experience in that. Not to mention the offense is more tailored for a running style quarterback. They built the offense. And all these guys they signed in free agency, they built it for Cam Newton, and then Mac Jones fell to them. So it's it's a mix-and-match offense. It's very weird. You have a lot of speed guys and stuff like that, and an offensive line and stuff like that to be built for a running quarterback, but you have a non-running quarterback. So it's a very interesting dynamic. Uh, I love what they did on the defensive end. Did you see Matthew Judon last night? He was absolutely Fantastic! I think he's going to be great for them, but I'm not. I I wouldn't count the Patriots out just yet for the sense of development. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year or anything. I think Mac Jones is real though. 
They need to get real better weapons in there. Don't tell me Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne are great weapons. Don't tell me Jacoby Myers. He's probably the best weapon they have. Barry, you and got enough weapons. You got enough weapons in New York right now for Zach Wilson. You like Michael Carter. You like Corey Davis. What you saw to him. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what the fuck else you got. Elijah Moore. Has he even played a game yet? What's going Denzel on with him? Denzel Mims. Moore's hurt. Mims is probably on his way out because you know how these GMs are. We talked about them last week. They, they, don't want, they don't want, you know, the, the last guys, uh, uh, people's. Yeah, they want to build their own, build their own. They don't want the leftover parts. Yeah, we can, we can talk, we, we bring up baseball later. We can talk about how the Mets did that. And then, um, yeah, I, I, but, like, like, Mike Jones, he's, a, he's, a, he's in the best coaching situation. Um, Trevor Lawrence is going to have a tough time because I don't see Urban Meyer lasting more than a season or two in the NFL. <laughs> Trey Lance. Love it. Uh, in, in, in San Fran, another good coaching situation. So we'll yeah. See how that, you know, That's a great comes. coaching situation there. Yeah. And then, and then Matt Nagy's a terrible coach. I don't know if you guys heard what he had to say about giving up his play calling duties, but oh my God, that guy is an emotional wreck. And then uh, <laughs> we'll see how Zach Wilson, Robert Sala, you know, LaFleur, how they do. Because they're all rookies, you know? But. Yeah, I mean, the coaching, I, I love it better than having Adam Case, and I don't even fucking know what the other guys' names were, <laughs> because that's how irrelevant that whole situation was. Greg Williams. But, you know, yeah, yeah. But, but it's all about the coaching situation right now, you know? If, 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 if Salah and, uh, and Joe Douglas and, uh, and LaFleur turn out to be the real deal, uh, Wilson has the highest ceiling out of, uh, I would say out of all of them, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think Urban Meyer will be out real quick. Uh, I've been on the record saying that way before. Uh, I don't know what the hell he's got going on now, but I mean, he's just asking to get fired. That ass. Yeah, interesting though for me where you say Mac Jones is in the best. And Kyle Shanahan with, with Trey Lance, because, um, you know, we're, we're all on the same page here with Matt Nagy. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he, he doesn't win any games unless Jimmy G's been the starter. I mean, you go check up his record, dog, since he's been in as the head coach of San Fran. It ain't great unless Jimmy G's starting games. They had that one good run to the Super Bowl, and they lost in the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. So he goes and gets Trey Lance. He's supposed to be the guy. That's why I'm not understanding why he's not the guy right now like we know what we're getting out of jimmy g i know jimmy g had to get hurt again for trey lance to get in the game but for me i saw much more out of trey lance in that second half yesterday even though they lose to seattle one of my locks of the week for my brother which by the way the sports book is open in mohegan go check that out if you want to make some bets legal in connecticut anyways let me just say that i think trey lance would be the best of the the group because of what i've seen out of him just in a short burst and we don't even know anything about him. That's just what we're, we're going to have to wait and see. But Kyle Shanahan, how long is he going to be around to do that? Is he going to be able to groom that and stay with that? Or is he going to be losing games with Trey Lance, similar to what we saw? Maybe with Justin Fields and Matt Nagy and you're out. Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. Bill Belichick. Now, this is what I think is funny for me. Because I don't have the Pats making the playoffs this year. I have the Pats being two years from two years away for how long that is or whatever that is. And a division with the Bills and Miami and Jets on the come up. Who knows where the Pats are even in that division. 
even with what we're seeing this early in the season going forward, you want to say give it some time, fine. Mac Jones, two, three years. You see this with, with, with QBs. I just said, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones. We've seen it with other guys before. Mitchie Trubisky, that get drafted, get two, three years, and you end up on other teams backing up positions or out of the league. I think Bill Belichick's not going to be coaching this team much longer either because if they go six, seven wins, something I think they're going to only have, then how are they going to look when you're going to be right back in this cycle again, drafting, trying to draft weapons, bring in weapons, do all this stuff around Mac Jones with all this money you just spent? I mean, to me, I heard a hot take on it, but like, this dude might want to go coach somewhere else. How much longer is this dude going to coach? Like, is he going to want to be behind Bill Belichick? Or, I'm sorry, Tom Brady's seventh Super Bowl ring. I don't think he gets another. But if he does, I mean, is Bill Belichick going to want to just sit and saunter in, in, in New England just because he was there for so long? It's one of these interesting things to me that I'll always bring up that I've talked about here since I've been potting here for a minute. This whole breakup of Bill and Tom that's still going to go on and how it's kind of going to go on until these guys hang it up. And when these guys hang it up is going to matter to me. And how things go since they kind of break up until they hang it up is going to be mad at me. And they played a game last night up against each other. And it's just like one of these things I love about sports, all these storylines that kind of come out with all these stories that you kind of talked about before and then you kind of see it play out. I'm looking at it right now with the New York football giants and all this shit kind of going on. Saquon looking back to life. Kenny Galladay looking a little better with the money we gave him this offseason. Kadarius Tony getting some more touches. It's can we do that a little bit consistently is the question. Can you see that consistently for me with New England? No. Do I look and see it at some of these other rookie quarterbacks? I, I'm not sure. So that's where I think Mac Jones is right in that bucket as well because he's on New England. That's all I'm trying to say. My one thing with the Patriots game, because I watched the whole thing last night. Um, yeah, my brother was at it. Oh, that's sweet. That's <laughs> sweet. I'll have to ask him about it after. But, uh. You can't sit there and tell me that it didn't remind you of a young Tom Brady and a young Patriots pre-Dynasty team there. With a great built defense, there was some timely offense. Uh, they came up a little bit short. They left time on the clock for Tom Brady to march down and get that last uh, the point, and then they fought their way down. I agree with you. It would have been nice to see him go for it on that fourth and three, but bad weather. The ball was flying out all over the place. It started raining hardest it rained all day in the last five minutes. Um it just kind of backed him into a tough situation where either you try to go for it, get those three yards, or you attempt that kick. Their kicker also was having a leg problem, so I don't really understand it completely. But um, I, don't, I, I really liked what I saw out of that Patriots team, truthfully. I mean, they've got a great defense. I do think they need some more weapons on the offensive front. I like the two tight end set with Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. They looked good, but the weapons on the outside besides Jacoby Myers weren't really doing much. Uh, Damian Harris wasn't. They weren't able to run. And Keel Harry activated off IR. He was, yeah, but also they didn't. They weren't didn't able to establish shit. a run game at all because yeah, the negative negative one yards so on eight yeah. rushes. Tom Brady had more rushing yards than them, um, which is crazy. But I liked what I saw, and I truly think that they're a type of team that could develop a little bit. They're not going to make the playoffs this year, in my opinion, but they're going to be a competitive matchup every single week. <laughs> And it's really going to be interesting to see how Mac Jones develops in this offense moving forward. I want to touch on baseball pretty much the rest of the way out, but I did mm-hmm. want to touch on this last thing in the football before I uh, switch out. I want to get your guys' take on this. Because, um, you know, Washington football team gets a Houdini win again out of Taylor Heineke's crazy pass to J.D. McKissick, 34-30 over Atlanta, which it's like talking to my brother. It's like this is the type of shit that just burns my insides. Where Giants lose to both of these teams, 
on bullshit. <laughs> and these teams are out here looking like this and playing games like this down to the wire. Moral of the story is Washington football team 2-2. Two and two. Eagles take a loss yesterday. They're 1-3, and three, as I mentioned, up against Kansas City. Jalen Hurts, you know, I throw him into one of these, you know, young and up and what are we looking at type of quarterbacks. He looks great, dude. I love Jalen Hurts. He's putting up huge yards and numbers, but they ain't winning. They yeah. ain't winning. You want to know why? Because they probably got the wrong coach. They have a couple other injuries. I saw big-time injuries to veteran players. Like, and to me... When, when you're trying to build around a young dude in uh, Jalen Hurts and, and all these other young talent, you probably want to try and get the coach right. And and I'm not saying maybe this dude isn't going forward going to be okay, but like to me you should add a sh- more surefire thing with, with a Jalen Hurts, uh, with a young quarterback. And just going forward, I don't know what the Eagles are really going to be this season well, going well, forward because of that. Who was a surefire coach to sign and who was a surefire coach in the offseason to grab right now? I think you could have been. It was all new guys. I thought you could have been a little bit more aggressive for Jalen Hurts in terms of something like Eric Bieniemy, something that's a little bit more consistent in terms of proven to do something with it. Like, what the fuck is this Nick Sirianni dude? And I get it. The Eagles played good in one good game, and Jalen Hurts is looking okay. But like, I'm more looking at like what I'm concerned with. What might happen to Joe Judge? Even though I like Joe Judge, we played hard in all these games. Like, if you get knocked up a GM, like, the head coach is probably next. Like, it's vice versa, right? Like, you're probably going to – you're not going to keep the the head coach and the GM. Kind of I was talking about it with Barry on the last pod. It's some of the stuff that we I talked about with Vic Fangio, right? Like, how are you going to have a, a, a fire GM and keep Vic Fangio, right? You're not going to do that. And they had that stuff going on with Elway and all that, right? End up keeping Vic, Vic Fangio. But they but. did, and it's looking like the right decision. The Denver defense is still playing really good, obviously – it's a completely different matchup playing a team like the Ravens, who are such a good run offense, and you have Lamar, who can do it both. Do you think Nick's – would you want Nick Sirianni coaching the Broncos? No, because we have Vic Fangio. But but that's – yeah, exactly. Like, that my – hey, Barry. Barry, would you have been happy if you hired Nick Sirianni, Robert Sala, new, new up-and-coming first-time head coach, but I think proven a little bit with a defense in San Fran, proven that he's – kind of gritty with his story coming up in football. Like, w- would you want Nick Sirianni as, hired as your coach? If Salo was already, like, if, if he was still available, I would have pissed. But, I mean, I mean, you have Sirianni and you have Dan Campbell in, in Detroit. You know, this was like, and then, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think I would have pissed. But I, I don't think that he's the reason why they're losing. I think their defense is atrocious. Fair, but like that to me is all about coaching too. Who you got on the, who you got, who he has as a defensive coordinator, and, and to me, it's just more extending this to now. Is it the coaching or is it the personnel? Is it, uh, I, I didn't watch yesterday's game because the Jets game was just too good. Honestly, I mean they gave a pretty good fight. Chiefs D is, I think Chiefs D is t- worse than the Eagles D right now. That's true. That's true. The Chiefs defense is just absolutely. I mean, dude, you got to score 30 points to have a chance uh, if you're Chiefs because they're giving up 30 every game. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Hurts had 30-plus points. I think he scored 32, right? Or 30 points. Chiefs scored 42. I mean, they had seven touchdowns. So it's like when they're putting up points like that, yeah, they're winning those games, but they're not. I'm worried if Hurts also looked bad. You know, 
said Fred Tosin looked bad with Sirianni as the head coach. But um, fair. I just don't know how far they're gonna go with Sirianni at the helm, and that to me is like, regardless of what Jalen Hurts looks like, if you're losing games, you're either gonna get him cracked or Jalen Hurts moved on from, right? Like when I'm talking to Dukes about it, and it's it's happening right now with my Giants. I kind of don't want to lose Jones or Judge, but it's like if you lose games, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Like you end up just restarting the Not franchise again, purgatory. And here's the thing. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because the Cowboys are off to this 3-1 start. They take care of the Panthers yesterday. And I got to give a shout-out to all my Cowboys friends, Smikes, my neighbor, all these Cowboys lovers out there getting all hyped up right now, looking real good on the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball looking much better. Dan Quinch. Travion Diggs has five interceptions in four games. Interception in every single game he's played in. Defense flying around. Micah Parsons, great pick. All their picks they made on the defensive side of the ball this year. Looking like they're panning out. All these weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And Dak back healthy. Let me just say, I know they're playing the Giants this week. I love that matchup. That's always my favorite. That's always my favorite, especially at a time like this where they're all hyped up. But... The reason why I have my doubts on the Dallas Cowboys doing anything, because regardless of what happens in this division, regardless of how it goes for the Cowboys, and maybe they make the playoffs, maybe they win the division, some team out of this division always does, it's all about what happens when you get to the playoffs. And in my opinion, I think Mike McCarthy might be the worst coach in this division. And I'm talking all this shit about Sirianni. I like Joe Judge. Ron Rivera, I think, is the cream of the crop. Just a matter if he can get a quarterback. I can't believe he hasn't called Cam Newton. I can't believe the Houston Texans haven't called Cam Newton. What they got going on with fucking Davis Mills down there. How many interceptions did he have yesterday? I, I mean, this is the type of shit where I'm like, what is going on? Regardless, I think Mike McCarthy is the worst coach in this division. Clock management situations. Some of these some of these comments that it's almost like he's literally a puppet up there. I literally heard Skip, and I love Skip because he's a big uh, Cowboys lover. He's up here talking shit about... His own coach basically saying, you know, oh, like, what, you know, we got to do something here. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, decline it. Wait, what do I got to do? Decline it. Like, he doesn't even know what's going on, dude. He doesn't know what's on with the time clock. He's just, like, kind of out there just kind of doing his thing. Like, whatever he's doing, I don't know what he's doing. But, like, to me, he's a beneficiary of a guy that, like, if you hire him as well, it's like, all right, like, what what we get with him? Like, oh, he won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, like. Had Aaron Rodgers for 10 years and won one Super Bowl. So, like, for me, it's like, I don't know. My I don't thing, think they're going to win mad playoff games or win a Super Bowl or the Dallas Cowboys, no. regardless of how this division goes. So, I just want to leave it there. Yeah, so I just want to get this in. Um, ever since Jerry Jones has been uh, the head coach, or I mean, sorry, the owner of the team, uh, he brought in his old friend. Basically, the head he brought coach. in his old friend Jimmy Johnson. They won three rings in four years. Jimmy Johnson rebuilt the whole thing. People still use Jimmy Johnson's uh, scouting things that he used to use back in the day to develop that great team. What happened? Jimmy Johnson was getting too much credit. Jerry Jones wasn't, so he canned him. What happened to Jimmy Johnson? He went to uh, University of Miami, won a few national championships, rides off into the sunset. He's doing TV. Just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. You see it with a guy like Jason Garrett. You have him come in. He was a puppet for over 10 years. Dude should have been fired four times over, but he kept him on because he would listen and do everything Jerry Jones wanted to do. Same thing with Mike McCarthy here. What, did he have him sleep over his house before they signed the deal? It was probably a sleepover. He's like, hey, listen, I'm going to call all the shots, and you have to be my puppet. It's kind of like how managers in baseball work right now. The front office makes all the decisions. The managers are left out high and dry to uh, you know, either get the credit or take the blame when it goes wrong. 
As far as the Cowboys go, they have a fantastic offense. Great to see Dak coming back and balling out. That defense has really been surprising. Dan Quinn, shitty head coach, great defensive coordinator. Um, but, you know, I don't like them coming out of the NFC to win, uh, you know, the NFC and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Um, no. They're, they're a good team. They're no. going to put up good hard I still I still no. don't think they'll win this division. Like, I get it. They had a good win. They had a, they had a good win up against the Panthers. They're looking pretty good. But, like, there's still so many games left to go, dude. And, and to me, this is why I hate Cowboys fans so much. Because even when things are not good, you hear all the things about how they're not going good. But it's how things are when they're going good, how these fans are reacting. Like, I talk to... Smikes was doing nice with it last night, like, respectable. But, like, for me, it's all this other hype that I hear about the Cowboys because they're talked about. Them. Bro, you, you're you not better. I don't think they're better than the Cardinals, and I'm a big Packers hater. I don't think you're beating the Packers. I don't know how you're going to do up against some of these teams, even in your own division. Like, you still got to play a bunch more division games. So, like, let's let it play out for a little bit before we start saying that they're Super Bowl contenders. Because I don't see that for a team that hasn't won a playoff game in three or four years, hasn't been to a Super Bowl in 25 years, and really their coach hasn't done anything to prove that they're, he's the guy to get them to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's still so early. Uh, I don't know. I don't... NFL, I feel like, is the king of overreactions every single week. Um, let's wait. Let's see another four weeks go by and then make another decision then. But All right, I want to ask you guys real quick before we get out of the NFL. Longest... Longest losing streaks in the NFL Super Bowl era. You had the Buccaneers, the Suckaneers in 76-77 with 26. That's the record. The Lions from 07 to 09 with 19. Getting close. I believe the Jags uh, lost to tie that record. They did. So now they're 19 straight losses for the Jags. Can they touch that 26? You got them getting a win soon. Trevor Lawrence looked a little bit more promising in that game. Um, Jaguars this upcoming week. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Tennessee at Jacksonville. I got Tennessee winning that game because obviously they lost to the Jets this week. Uh, yeah, no, they're gonna win a game soon. They play the Miami Dolphins in two weeks. Trevor Lawrence literally has as many losses as his entire high school and college year combined. Well, that's what happens when you go to one of the best prep high schools in the league, or in, you know, U.S. football, one of the best prep high schools. Then you go to one of the best programs in the nation in Clemson. Then because you did so good, you get drafted to a horrible team. I don't think they're going to break that 26-game record. I could see them going, losing next week and then winning. Shout out Joe Burrow, though, in that Thursday night game, yo, and how that thing went. I know Trevor Lawrence looked a little better. I know the Jags probably should have won that game and lost that game. Uh... But Joe Burrow is the reason why. Uh, I saw that also an interesting stat is Trevor Lawrence has lost just two games in his football career after leading by double digits, and both were to Joey Burrow. Um, obviously, that champion or it was college football playoff. I think it was the championship. championship. And then obviously Thursday night football. But Joey Burrow is is legit. The the yes. Cincinnati Bengals are three and one. Their best four game start since 2018. They're actually first in the AFC North right now technically tied with the Browns, I believe, but uh, I like what the Bengals have been doing, man. Like that's gonna be that's gonna be a nice division with the Ravens obviously at three and one as well. Um, how that shakes out when those teams start playing each other, because I think the Steelers are absolutely out of it, so it don't even matter. 
Uh, they got to figure it out, dog. They're they're in purgatory, but um, yeah, Tom Brady picked up his win against the Patriots, so he's now beating all 32 franchises, becoming the fourth quarterback to do that. Just wanted to give him a quick shout out, but he's also the most sack sack quarterback Who are the other of all three? time. Let me guess. Peyton Manning. Yeah, that's one of them. Brett Favre. That's another one. No, not Joe. I'm going to go. He was actually doing the game last night, a little interview. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Yep. Did I get it? Yep. Let's go, baby. Uh, that's the stats, kid. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, fuck Tom Brady, literally. Most sacked quarterback of all time. I love it. Um. <laughs> He's also been playing for 22 years. That's what my so. brother's saying, but it's like, yeah, it don't matter. Like, LeBron's been playing for 19. He's not leading the league in turnovers, is he? Okay, by the end of the – he very well might by the end of his career. Well, let's let it play out. Until then. Reggie Jackson is the all-time strikeout leader. He also has over 500 career home runs. Mike Trout is on pace to break his strikeout record if he plays that through the duration of his contract. So yeah, I'm you glad you – it's, it's more of a stat about being in the league for so long. Did Mac opinion. Jones outplay Tom Brady last night? It's a toss-up. I mean, he had 19 straight completions. Tom Brady. Playing a better defense. 22 of 43, 269, no touchdowns, no t- no interceptions. Mac Jones, 31 of 40, 275, two touchdowns, did have that interception. Barry, you think Mac Jones outplayed Tom Brady last night? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Brady didn't have a good game, but they won. But we've seen that from Tom Brady, Tom Brady time and time again. He can have a bad game and they win, and that's what he cares about. He doesn't care about the stats. You can also take into consideration, like, Brady has weapons. Who's Mac at? Exactly, yeah. So it's a very – it was – that was an eye-opening – it was an eye-opening performance for Mac Jones for me. I really liked what I see, and I think the future is bright there with Mac Jones at the helm. I feel like they make it easy for him. I don't feel like he's being challenged. Let's get into this. Let's get into this baseball. Um, kind of wild how this all shook out. To be honest, I'm watching the end of this this season, and and I'm I'm thinking it's chew the entire time because I this is my one criticism of baseball, uh, Barry. Um, the season's way too fucking long. I mean, let's just let's just be real. Uh, how exciting is the last month of baseball been? Um, how long does it take to get to that? To me, too long. Um. You know, set up some mini tournaments inside like the NBA is trying to do. No. Uh, make it a shorter season oh, like the NFL. No. Do some things to try and have it where the excitement around the sport is there more often than not. Because to me, it's not. I'm like literally trying to watch some of these baseball games, dude, just to like kind of be into baseball to a sense where I can come in, talk to you, kind of know what's going on. Bro, some of this shit is so fucking boring to watch, bro. Like, I like watching the Red Sox. I'm watching some of these games. Like... I don't know. It gets way more exciting, though, for me at the end of the year. Like, even if it is boring it, it, for a couple innings, like, you know, nothing's going on. When something is going on, it's way more exciting. Like, what what can you do to make that more exciting during the season? I don't know. But, like, to me, that's – like, to get to this point, dude, and I know this kind of sounds wild, but, like, bro, if the season was shorter, the Mets might have been in the playoffs without things were going early on. I mean, let's just be real. Like, let's we, let, last year you had a 60-game season, and I get it, there's COVID. But, like, can't we meet in the middle? I get we've talked about this on the pod a couple of times. I might sound like a broken record, but, like, when I look right now, Red Sox-Yankees identical record, 161 games through the year. 
Dodgers, uh, Giants, all the way, fighting all the way through the year, would would much change if you played 40 less games? I'm curious. Do you think much 40. would change? I think 40 is too much. Yeah, I think 40 is way Whatever too much. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. 20 less. Whatever it is. How much changes? How much changes? And I get it. Maybe... You got a team like the Mets, right, that was there for three or four months and fell off because of injuries and all other bullshit. Maybe you have a team like the Cardinals that wins 17 straight games and makes it into the playoffs and wouldn't have been able to happen if those games weren't there. But I'd also argue this. Do that shit a little earlier. (laughs) Have those games, have it set up where, hey, man, you got to do this shit a little little earlier. Because to me, having baseball playoffs going on, I know these gonna these games are gonna what start tomorrow, Chew, AL, mm-hmm. and then NL, and then you got series, right? The, these games are gonna go through the month of October. They run them on Thursday night. You got you're you're competing with football. You're competing with the NBA that's gonna be starting up here in, in a week or two. You still got preseason, and I get it. I want to check in on some of this stuff too, but there ain't no way in hell that I turn on a baseball game and watching that shit nine innings through. Like that's just. That's just too tough for me with everything else going on. I'm trying to watch the WNBA playoffs before I watch a baseball game. I'm being dead dead ass on that. And let me just say, let me just also say that the Mets absolutely suck. Go ahead. All right. Uh, yesterday was one of the most eventful days of baseball since 2011. You had all the games starting in between 3.05 and 3.10. Uh, it was amazing. You had a chance to have four teams play games 163, but unfortunately awesome. the Nationals fucking did what the Nationals did after they traded everyone away and blew a four-run lead in the eighth inning to let the Red Sox come back. I'm really pissed about that. Yeah. But uh, it was a great thing to see. You had um, the Seattle Mariners fighting. Unfortunately, Shohei Otani finishing off his MVP season with a home run, leadoff home run that would eventually lead them to win to knock the Mariners out. You had... The Toronto Blue Jays absolutely dump on the Baltimore Orioles to get their win. So they were scoreboard watching after, and they had to have the heartbreak of watching the Nationals implode again like they have. One of the worst teams since they traded off all their players playing nothing but minor league players who can't even hit above their own body weight. Uh, Really disgusting to see. I think... Except for Juan Soto, yeah. but he's going to be a Met in 2027, sure. no problem. They're Mariners, are they, they in? No, they're out because the Nationals blew it. The Nationals literally ruined one nice. of the greatest days in history nice. because they decided to throw career minor leaguers. But with that being said, you have some of the best things in baseball coming up. You have the one-game playoff starting tomorrow. It is the most eventful part of yeah, the I'll playoffs. Yeah, I'll watch those. those. Very yeah, I'll watch there those. There so many great games yeah, sure. since those playoffs yep. started. I like those. Done. I, I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be great. Yeah, you got Red Sox-Yankees. Who do you got in that? I hope both teams fucking lose. I don't give a flying yeah, fuck who wins that game. The part about Red Sox-Yankees is I don't think Cole or Salem pitching, right? Cole is pitching. Cole is pitching? They held Cole out yesterday to hold him today in case there was a game 163 he would start. Since that didn't happen, he's starting the wild card game. Chris Sale started yesterday, so they might bring him in on short rest. He threw, I think, two and a third innings. They might bring him in out of the bullpen like they did in their 2018 World Series run. But we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, but, you know, it it's very exciting. I'm looking forward to what's happening. The Cardinals. Cardinals Dodgers are playing the Dodgers. Really what's good. that? That. I have the Cardinals actually uh, sneaking a win in that. Oh, in my the, God. Oh, my God. You're fucking ridiculous. I mean. You know, if the Cardinals beat the Dodgers, that's. 
That would just suck for baseball. I mean, that just you ruins your playoffs. Reasoning or what? That just ruins the playoffs, but oh, sure. I don't think it ruins the playoffs at all. Why? You don't want Dodgers Giants if you're baseball or if you're a fan of baseball? Dodgers had a chance to leapfrog the Giants and blew multiple games in the ninth inning throughout the season, so that's their own fault for playing in the wild card game. I don't think the Giants are as good as people think. I think the Cardinals are one of the better teams. Cardinals and Brewers coming out of the e, uh, out of the NL for sure. Uh, you have the. I would hate that, but okay. I'm, I'm not saying I wouldn't hate it. I don't like either of those teams. But you look at a team like the Brewers. You have the three-headed monster and Cy Young winner Corbin Burns. You have Brandon Woodruff, who has a sub three ERA, but unfortunately he's got the Degrom effect with a nine and ten record this year. You have All-Star Game MVP Freddie Peralta. Absolutely you got the Rays. You got the Rays beat whoever wins the Red Sox or Yankees ALDS series. Absolutely, the Rays are one of the best teams we've seen in a while, and they have one of the best young superstars in baseball that not enough people know about in Wander Franco. He is one of the most hyped kids to come up, similar to a Tatis, to come up and absolutely ball out from the second he joins the big league club. Very exciting. Shout to out to Tatis, by the way. Have... I saw him hit it out of the Dodgers Stadium. That yeah, was pretty keep awesome. Going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> obviously, the White Sox have been struggling a little bit recently, but they have a good team. They have, as much as I like to bag on them and stuff, too, you have a guy who's been there a handful of times with a bunch of different teams in Tony LaRusa. I think he's going to be able to get the guys riled up, ready to go. You have great leaders in that organization, like Lance Lynn. All right, so answer some Tim of my Anderson. questions then. You got the who do you got winning, uh, Barry? Red Sox or Yankees? I got the Yankees. And then you got the Cardinals beating the Dodgers. I'm going. I'm going crazy with that one. I know I'm definitely picking against the status quo, but I'm going Cardinals. The way they've been playing. Barry, recently, what do you got? They've got their one of their best pitchers in franchise history, except for Bob Gibson and Adam Wainwright pitching. Big time clutch playoff performer. I think he's going to show out. You got him pitching to his dude Yadi Molina. He always shows up in big games. You got Tyler O'Neill. Not only is he jacked, he hits the ball 500 feet. He can run pretty much faster than anyone else in the league. They play great defense. You have, <laughs> all right, I think all right, you have all a combined 17 gold gloves chill out, on the infield. Chill the fuck out. Let me it. just say something. Hey, you you always shit on the Cardinals, so I'm actually disgusted to hear this come out of your mouth right now. I am right. yeah, literally disgusted to hear this come out of your mouth. I can not like Barry, the Cardinals. Barry, still pick Red them. Sox or Yankees? Yeah, my dad and my brother, so I got to It depends take on which Cole you get because Cole in two games this year. I think the Yankees will win. He's oh, yeah. I think the Yankees will win. Uh, I got the Dodgers winning up against the Cardinals. I like and I got to say something to you season. about the Cardinals here in a second. Barry, Barry, what do you got in this uh, Dodgers Cardinals matchup? Is, who's, who's pitching for, for the uh, Dodgers? Scherzer or. Well, Bueller, Kershaw injured. Yeah, Kershaw might be out. He's not IL. He's not IL right Um, now, bro. It's going to be Scherzer. It's going to be Scherzer, big game pitcher, but also prone to the long ball. And the Cardinals not only hit a lot of home runs, they also manufacture runs and play great defense. Yeah, all right. Let me. All right. What do you got, Barry? Dodgers. Yeah, I got the Dodgers, too. Let me just say something about the Cardinals because I was saying this to you the other day, True. And I get you bringing up. Uh, Yadier Molina, who I think he's about to retire after this season or next after next season, right? He already signed a one-year. Extension. Here's the deal with that, bro. He's been around way too long. Uh, it's one of those things where you got a lot of guys on that team, like Wainwright. He's been around forever as well. I know they got Nolan Arenado in that or Arenado in that ridiculous trade. He's kind of a spark plug, but um, I, like when I just think of that, I'm like, bro, I just want. There's no way in hell that the Cardinals and the Giants is 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 gonna be the matchup when 
I get anything can happen in a game, but the Dodgers, they just got too much firepower to, to me, man, in a one game. I mean, these dudes will get five home runs in an inning, it seems like. Uh, and all you got to have is just a consistent pitcher to go th- five, six innings, and then you get to that bullpen. I mean, that's what baseball kind of is in the postseason, right? You know, I mean, a guy fucking pitch nine innings. Um, you know, it's depth is going to matter, right? in these one games and how these managers do it. And who the hell is managing the Cardinals? Mike Schilt. Like, who the hell is that? He's been their manager for four years, and they've reached the playoffs in three of the four years. The only year they didn't reach it is when he was an interim manager, and they had started off ten games under five hundred, so he didn't have enough time to get him over. You don't think having to win 17 games to make the playoffs is, like, such an anomaly and, like, kind of ridiculous to a point where, like, you might not even or should have probably not been there type of thing? Well, I mean, I think about it in history in the past. You had the Oakland A's rattle off 21 straight victories in 2001, the money, or 2002, correct me. Sorry, uh, they rattled it off. They made the playoffs. They battled for a while, lost in the ALCS to the Yankees. You had the, uh, who was it, a couple How many years teams ago? make the uh, baseball playoffs again? Ten. Because I'm kind of confused. You got these two games going on, mm-hmm. and then those teams play who? So the winner of the NL will play the Giants, and the winner of the AL, I believe, matches up Up against with, the Rays. I think so, I believe. So then where are the rest of these playoff teams at? So you who have, are they playing? You have the Braves, who, you know, got hot themselves, made some great trades. Knocked the Mets out? Hurt. Yeah. Also, side note on the Mets, no team has ever spent more days in first place than the 2021 New York Mets and finished with a sub-500 record, so they've literally made history again. Not Hello, the history Jim. we want to make. Hello, yep, exactly. But, uh... It's going to come down. It's going to be an NLCS of it's going to be the Brewers beating the Braves, and then I think it's going to be the Cardinals make it there because they've shown time and time again there. Who else is playing? The White Sox? Yeah, the White Sox are playing Astros. I like that matchup, and I'm picking my Astros to win that, even though I think in reality I think I'm getting a little crazy. I do see I could easily see the White Sox winning that series. They have a very good team. They've got a dominant bullpen. Great yeah, I got the White pitching. Sox in that. And, no, and I, and I get that too, but I think I'm just going a little homer with the Astros there. I would like to see them win. Hey, what's the other one? Brewers Braves. Brewers Braves is the other one. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Braves. Uh, nah, nah, fuck. Acuna's out. Nah, I'll take yeah. the Brewers. I'll take the Brewers. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be fun to see. It's uh, you know. This is why you play all 162 to get to this point and see what happens. So This is why you play all 162 to be tied after 161 if you're the Red Sox and Yankees. So fucking beat them one more time. You play each other 19 ga- damn times a season. There were multiple times in these series where they threw a game or something happened. They screwed up. So like, Yeah, I'd say the same thing about you. Win a couple more fucking games when you're when you're up for four months in the division and you might I'm be saying. closer and to I the wild card. I agree with you. And that, that's what I agree with. But, like, also, like, that you can't side back to my side where, like, you'd be even a little closer if you played 10 less games because, shit, you started sliding towards the end of the season. No, because we fucking lost 11 games in the standings in 20 days. Again, not many other teams in first place have ever done that. The Mets were fucking... It was a pipe dream. It was an anomaly. Yes, I was all gassed up, all excited. The second DeGrom went down, we had not a single pitcher besides Marcus Stroman who could get through six innings, so... Like, the Mets were not good. I will say it now. I counted my chickens before they had. Yeah, the but offense like, was one of the worst qualified offenses in the major leagues. Our $341 million How do you feel about this man, shit going forward? 
Oh, I'm all gassed up. Half the team is going to be gone next year. They're getting rid of people. We're going to bring in new people. You got Ronnie Mauricio absolutely tearing it up. He's ready to eat. Shut the fuck Let's up, go. Chewy. We're re-signing Javi Baez. You know what, Chewy? Arrived today. You're fucking sick in the head. Well, you're goddamn right I am. And the I'm looking Mets... forward to next year. 178 days till opening day. The Mets aren't even going to be fucking good next year. They might not, but I'll still watch every game and hope that they're good. That's offensive. They might not. But we have a kid in Pete Alonzo who, if we didn't have the 60 games, I'm going to go off the back and check the, the tapes, but I'm pretty sure you told me they'd be pretty nice within three to five years. And that was Steve That Bowen's was win book. a Super Bowl. Super Bowl, um, yeah. They are switching sports to win the Super Bowl, and, and I'm gassed up about it. Here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to lose that one to me, pal. Uh, DeGrom. What, what's going on with DeGrom? DeGrom was healthy to come back. Syndergaard, I saw he's coming, pitching a couple innings at the end of the year. For what? Like, why? Noah Syndergaard is a free agent at the end of the year. It meant a lot to him, and it meant a lot to the the Mets, and it meant a lot to the whole league to see him get back out on a major league mound. He's not going to be on the Mets next year? He wants to be on the Mets next year. They're going to offer him a qualifying offer, and I imagine he'll accept for a one-year, $19 million deal. And if he doesn't, we get a first-round draft pick. I was asking Barry about this. Barry, wh- what's going on? You going to have your manager next year, too? No, 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 no. Definitely not. I hope not. But then again, I, I, I want Sandy gone. I, I hate Sandy. We would, would Sandy still on the team? It's, there's still the remnants of the Wilpons. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Regardless of what sports league we're in, what team you support? If you're firing your GMs, coaches, any of that bullshit, is your team close, close to getting to the playoffs? Close to winning a world championship? Yes. Or is it all about what? Just restarting again? Like what? I don't understand that. I don't understand that because so I got I got a lot to dive in on this. Um, first and foremost, especially in baseball, if you still think that the manager is out there making all the decisions. You are living 20 years ago. Every decision is already predetermined by a bunch of pencil-pushing nerds who wear ties who didn't play above high school baseball. Um, Everything is analytic-based now. All the decisions come from the front office. The important part of a manager now is to make sure that the team has good chemistry, stuff like that. You can rally the guys up to play and occasionally make a pitching change and stuff like that. As far as Luis Rojas goes, I know I am in this small, small, small minority of people who still like Rojas and like to see him still coach. Do Why? I know he's going to be gone? Why? Because he's coached all of these guys throughout the minor leagues. He's won multiple championships in the minor leagues. The guys, no matter what you want to say, have great team chemistry. There's a great camaraderie there. They just underperformed this year, and injuries absolutely killed them. Uh, you got two innings out of Noah Syndergaard this year. The guy you got along with, Francisco Lindor, pitched maybe 60 innings on a torn hamstring and looked absolutely terrible. DeGrom was having the greatest season of all time and then got injured, didn't pitch since July 7th. And all of those have repercussions. When you lose three stud starting pitchers like that, your bullpen has to pitch more in a 162-game season. Like you said, that's a lot of innings to fill in and mix and match with bullpen guys. We, in some of our biggest games, we were using career minor leaguers because we literally didn't have anyone else to play. It's very tough to see. I like Luis Rojas. I'm smart enough to know that he's going to be gone. But I also think firing a 38-year-old manager who has great, uh, a great rapport with the guys and stuff, it's going to be another Joe Torre situation who was a coach of the Mets who got fired in the 70s. Does that mean and then you're he went gonna on be... and dominated. All I'm asking is if you fire him, does it mean you're going to be good? I mean, look at the White Sox. They fired their manager, brought in Tony La Russa, got better. You didn't think that was going to be the case, though. I didn't. I did. 
just based on what I knew of Tony La Russa and mm-hmm. what I thought of Tim Anderson. But other than that, I did I not see the White Sox being this good. Of course you can. But all I'm trying to say is, I think the even for a guy like you that's more into baseball, like you, we were talking about the other day, would you say Bruce Boshi is a guy that's Bruce like Bochy available? That, yeah, but now that the White uh, but what is the, the Padres fired their manager, he's going to go back to the Padres. My thing with Luis Rojas, this is my point. If you want to get rid of him because there's better qualified candidates out there, Who? I understand that. Bruce Bochy is a name that I think of. That is the only person that I would want to come to manage the Mets. Someone who has led the San Diego Padres to a World Series appearance. Someone who led the Giants to three straight World... Or not three straight, but three in the early 2010s. Three championships. Bring a guy like that. A guy who has won. Stuff like that. But to bring in a random no-name first-year manager or something he- like that... No, I don't want that because you're just redoing Ro- what you've done. This the past dude, uh, Rojas, hasn't been fired yet, has he? No, so he's not. He's not actually going to get fired. His contract is up with a team option, so either they accept the option or decline the option. It's a polite way to say fired. When it? When is that happening? Uh, it could happen today, for all we know, because the season is over. Barry, what do you think? Yeah, I, I hope he's gone, but yeah. for who? You hope he's gone for who? What? You hope he's gone for who? So you guys are going to suck, is my point. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be more of the same. Is more of the, uh... Report did come out yesterday. So the Mets were already so in my, So my point is they should listen to Chewy and just keep the dude. Because in my opinion, like, you guys were in a good spot for a minute until you started getting injured. GM, president, Actually, reports did come out that they just made contact with Theo Epstein to see if he wants to be our president of baseball operations. Sandy Alderson will be stepping down from that and then just being more of like a right-hand man to Steve Cohen thing. But you bring in a guy like Theo Epstein Epstein to be PBO, then you can get an actual GM. I remind you, we didn't have a GM this year. Our first GM we hired, Dick Picks Porter, got canned for sending Dick Picks. Our second GM, our interim GM, who had never been a GM before, gets hired. He gets a DUI a couple months ago. Yeah, but... You, you need a real leader there because Jesus when that happens too, it falls from the top. Oh, man. But as far as Luis Rojas goes, <laughs> I'm a small minority. I think he is going to be a fantastic manager in the future. Um, I think all signs point to that. And oh, man. the only reason I would replace him is if you could get a guy like Bruce Bochy. Do I want a guy like Buck Showalter? No, I don't want fucking is he gonna Buck be a Is he going to be a solid manager for the fucking Norwich Navigators? Probably seeing that he's won two minor league championships in his career. Yeah, exactly. Started. Like, bro, this kid's what the 38 fuck? Thirty-eight years old. Jacob Degrom is thirty-four. Yeah, more. So of saying how much longer are you gonna have to him around? Degrom? He said he wants to pitch to his forties, but we'll see how his elbow holds up. Jesus, you guys are fucking. My whole thing fuck. is though, if you can't get a surefire guy to come in there who's going to be better than him, why get rid of him and take the chance? We already tried with Mickey Calloway. That was disastrous on and off the field. There have been moments in the Rojas regime where it seemed disastrous, but there have also been moments where it was incredible, where you were playing lineups with Janeshwi Fargus, Kevin Pillar, Jonathan VR, Jose Peraza, winning games, having a successful day, <laughs> keeping your head above water while everyone was injured. I look more at the reason why the team failed this year is you look at guys like Michael Conforto hitting 232 this season. You look at Francisco Lindor hitting 230 this season, although <laughs> he did fantastic after <laughs> May 17th yeah. and hit way more in line with his career numbers. Pete Alonso did well. Jeff McNeil, career 300 hitter, hit 252, which was disgusting. He tried to pull every single ball instead of shooting it the other way. Dom Smith, 
Uh, I think he needs to get back on his CPAP <laughs> machine and start, uh, you know, get, fixing his sleep apnea because he looked absolutely like dog shit this year. It was horrible. <laughs> uh, and then other than that, Bro. you bring in a guy, James McCann, who I really liked. I like his defensive abilities, but, you know, you shouldn't look too much into a 60-game sample size when he hit 289 because he's a career 240 hitter, and that's exactly what he did this year. All right, Francisco all right, Alvarez, all right. top 10 prospect. Mets are terrible. Mets are terrible. It's going to be great. Mets are terrible. The Mets had a terrible second half of the season. Enjoy the MLB playoffs, LOL people. Mets. Mets aren't in it. Uh, just a, uh, another quick update here. Um, I was telling uh, Rich the other day, because he came on, we talked a little NBA, WNBA. You got the Connecticut Sun, and the, they're down 2-1 right now to the sky, unfortunately. But uh, they're in the WNBA uh, playoffs, which are in the semifinals. You got that going on, 2-1 series, both of those. Uh, Mercury and Aces, I think the Mercury got a 2-1 series. Shout out uh I've seen Diana Taurasi had 37 points. She's like 39 years old, 10 of 11 from three. She's fucking, she's so elite. It's she's ridiculous. Awesome. It is cool. I was uh, thinking about getting a Diana Taurasi shirt. Courtney Vandersloot, I was yep. covering her triple-double. I saw. She didn't even know she had a triple-double, which was pretty cool. Yeah, with 18 assists, uh, was pretty wild. Um, I also saw Chris Paul purchase 500 tickets for fans to attend the Aces Mercury Game 3. Um, first come, first serve basis. So you've been seeing a lot of. Fans back in the stands at a lot of these games, football, college football. Um, I want to touch on just a little of that and and a little of this NBA before I let you guys go. Uh, So I was talking to Rich about this with the NBA uh, vaccine policy. Uh, You had 90% of the league vaccinated. Um, They made their announcement about paid players that can't play, you know, at mandated sites which i still don't understand that how some arenas are mandated for players to have it and some aren't and fans um whatever it should should be all or not but regardless of the point uh one day later five you're up to 95 percent of the nba receiving their first dose so clearly a lot of these guys changed their mind including andrew wiggins a guy that was out making some wild comments uh wild statements on the on the matter uh draymond green even LeBron James, I thought, with some pretty wild statements on, on the whole situation. Um, you know, for me, this sh- this shit's gotten all out of whack, dog. And I saw a report that from the FDA or whatever it is that we got to be 90% vaccinated as, as a country to potentially crush COVID. I don't know where the hell we're at now, but I don't think we're getting anywhere close to that number just because of how fucking dumb people are being about this. And for me... It, it kind of starts with how I've been seeing some of these people, uh, athletes, react to the situation, man. Because for me, just seeing how these athletes were responding to the situation was something that kind of helped me get through my skepticism on it. And then to see it kind of handled this way um, by not only the leagues but some of the players. And I get um, everybody talking about how they have their own uh, personal decision on the matter. But this is where... I feel like that's gotten out of whack now because you really don't like, let's just be real here. Like think about it. Even a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who was what, trying to make his, keep his stuff private. A guy like Kyrie Irving, we still don't know what the hell is going on with Kyrie Irving. Is he going to be only doing the NBA not vaccinated? Maybe, but let me just say the fact that he wouldn't be able to play in home games because of that in just two stadiums doesn't make sense to me. It should be all stadiums. Like, 
it's just this weird message that we're sending, in my opinion, where this information gets out and it gets all set up out of whack because of this era that we're living in, even all all this shit's down, where I'm thinking, how is this even how is this even fair to do? It all The only reason I say this is because even my friend Duke, who comes in here, and I was a guy who came in on my podcast and sat and talked to you guys who was unvaccinated for a little while. Now I'm vaccinated, technically fully after getting the second shot and waiting the 14 days after, whatever the case is about it. All good and fine. Don't want to hear about it. All I'm trying to say is Duke trying to tell me. And Rich saying, I don't want to make it about Duke. And I'll try and get Duke to come through and talk about it. But all I'm trying to say is he's trying to tell me, like, bro, like, I want to, like, let me decide. And that's fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not pushing him to get it. But all I'm saying is, dude, people are mandating this shit at some places. He came back to my house a few days later. Bro, I just got an email that if I'm going to ref soccer, if I want to keep refing soccer games, I have to get the vaccine. So that's where I get this whole... This is where I was just telling him. I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. Because four days earlier, that was not the case. And you were refing games. Now all of a sudden it changed. And I get things change. But that should have been in place beforehand if this is as serious as it actually is. And this is why I'm so confused. Because it seems to be that it's super serious. But still, some of these things are like different in some of these areas. Particularly in sports arenas. Particularly in some of these sports athletes opinions that have obviously the platform to be able to say stuff about it and then never mind the fact everyone else can kind of say and feel how they about it but to me that's why there's a there's an issue because if it's going to be mandated in some places it should just be mandated in general well it it all stems back from when this originally started to break out before there was a vaccine or anything there were different mass policies there were different things you go to a place like texas you could do whatever you want you go to florida can do whatever you want. California, New York, us, we were all on lockdown. And that's the problem because you lead it up, you leave it to the state to decide what they want to do. And there are some states that are way more progressive and doing it the smarter way, I think. I mean, I think there's definitely a ridiculous idea about how the COVID vaccine is not safe and all this. I mean, with any single vaccine you look at it, there can always be a slight, slight, slight percent chance that things go wrong. That is what happens in everything. You get a surgery. It's not guaranteed that you're going to live after, but the odds of you doing are usually very high. There's always a slight chance that something could happen. As far as it goes, I think, you know, the world has had to be vaccinated before. You look at polio, you look at smallpox, you look at all these things. Um, It's happened. It certainly happened back then without social media, but people put an uproar about it. But over time, it eventually figured itself out. Um, I think there's just Way too much fear in the idea that the vaccine was created too fast, even though they've been working on a SARS COVID vaccine since 2001. Uh, You look at the flu shot. They make a new flu shot every year because they use the information that they had previously and they adapt it to the new virus. It's the same thing that's going on with this. We've seen it in history a lot of times. It's just a lot of people don't do their research, and that's my opinion on it. But also with that being said, I can only make decisions for myself and I can only try to influence people in a way so that's what it is you know uh to each their own you do what you want to do but i think it's a little crazy how we're still at this point you had people ask asking for a magical way to fix it in april of last year and look a vaccine comes along and then all the people are like you know what nah i don't trust it and stuff too so that's my opinion on it do what you want to do but but that's i'm vaxxed and i approve people getting back i think that's why it was cool i brought barry on the pod though barry's still here barry i was talking to you about it because you know you were telling me you basically gotta have 
like this is what it is, right, Barry? You gotta you gotta show your vaccine card where you're at to go inside indoors most places or all places. Is that not what it is where you're at? Yeah, in the city. Yeah, all restaurants, all, all that. The gyms, gallery. shopping. You can't go get gas without it. The only problem I have with the vaccination card itself, and I know like you just said, there's a solution to it. You can get an app that shows your actual card. But damn, this thing is so big and bulky, it doesn't fit in a wallet. Like, it's tough. Like, I need like a plastic covering for it. It takes up pocket space. But, you know, that's just kind of being a smartass with it. Of course, my Twitch is working. Oh, yeah, now the Twitch is working. There we go. I could have could call Barry to it. Yep, it's up and going. Yeah, it's fine. I just started it just as a joke because everything's not been working. We're pretty much done. I, we covered the football, the baseball. You guys came through. I touched on the NBA. The only thing I, the only other thing I had was college football, which was kind of wild for me because, you know, I'm not working right now, so I got more time watching sports. Uh, you know, they had a pretty wild slate on Saturday in terms of if you're a college football fan, you go check it out, right? Oh, mad college football, oh, dope. Hyping up all these games. Are the analysts are college football as you got Lane Kiffin, you know, pulling this bullshit, throwing the mic down like he's about to go in and do anything against Bama and they get destroyed. And you got this Georgia game, right, where you're about to have a really good matchup against Arkansas, hasn't been ranked in a while, whatever, right, in the country, 37-0. So let me just say, you got Bama and Georgia right now, regardless if they even lose a game or not, like they're going to be in the college football playoff, right? Like they're the top echelon teams in the country. Well, let's just say they don't expand. That's what I'm hearing right now. They're doing four teams still. To me, that's absolute bullshit. How I've always said with a college football playoff, how it always kind of winds up five, six weeks through the year. Two teams are pretty much locked to make it regardless of what happens. Basically, if they can control their own destiny and just win games, which is what they're going to do anyways. They're going to make the college football playoff. So then you have a couple of these other teams. Uh, Non-group of fives. I saw Cincinnati take out Notre Dame. Damn, that must be tough for Notre Dame fans. I've been talking to them about getting knocked off a little and bit Brian as the Kelly inter- independent. Coach at Cincy and then went to Notre Dame. And here's another thing. I see Clemson with two losses. I see Texas A&M with two losses. I see Florida with two losses. I see a lot of teams ranked up here with two losses. And let me just say, no college football playoff has ever held a team with two losses. Hmm? So you're going to let a two-loss team in before a group of five? No. No. So Cincy, very good chance to make a playoff this year. Um, I saw Coastal Carolina. I'm talking to my brother without, about this. And I get their ranked. I think they were, they 16th, were 16th or 15th yep. this week or whatever the fuck they were. Uh, last week, last year got up to 12, uh, preseason 22. Um, you know, I think if 12 was the number, they talked about it potentially being the number. Oh, we'd have a shot to get in. Cool. Um. Regardless if Coastal gets into the party or not, I still think it should be expanded 8 or 12. I'm on the record talking about yep. it. You get it. I agree with you. Moral of the story is, Coastal goes out and plays a team, UL Mullane or something. I tell my brother as a joke because I'm like, it was a 33 or 34 point favorite. We were, I'm like, bet on Coastal. They'll win the game. Uh, 55 to 5. They end up winning 59 to 6. Like, this is the kind of shit that pissed me off with college football, though. You, you hype up these big games that you're going to have, they're shit. A team like Coastal is out here playing really shit team. Like, so they may go undefeated, but it really doesn't matter because they don't get in a playoff anyways. 
even in a year like last year where we picked up a BYU game, beat BYU, still not in a playoff. Yeah. Cincinnati goes undefeated last year, not in the playoff. This year, say they get one loss. You think they're going to get in over any of the other one-loss teams? No. 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 So they have to go undefeated to get in. That's my problem. It doesn't make any sense. It sets it up where now Clemson, Florida, Texas A&M, what happens if Oklahoma loses a game? I saw they've been very close to losing, so they're still undefeated. Iowa looking like a powerhouse. What the hell are they? Michigan is 5 or 6 and 0 this year. Exactly. My whole point is is you literally have to go undefeated to get in this tournament. And that's what it is. So it sets it up where why would you not want to try and expand where some of these teams that may lose a game or if you lose a game, you're not necessarily out. And even if you lose a couple games, maybe you're not out depending on how much you expand. I agree. I think I think eight is the perfect expansion. I've been on the record for that. Twelve is too close to NFL for me, where you get you know. First but also, I'm also stuff. trying to say when when is it when Coastal is invited to this party? When is it that any of these schools right now, like uh, Arkansas, who just got absolutely smoked by Georgia, they got they got a chance to get in. They're having a really good season, you know, seriously. But they get to go play Georgia. I mean. What team is not getting smoked by Georgia right now? Exactly. What team is not getting smoked by Bama right now? So to me, that's an issue with the sport. <laughs> like, transfer portal, recruiting. Like, I saw this shit out of Clemson. I actually couldn't believe this. With all the things going on with transfer portal, uh, they've lost 20 players, Clemson, and brought in zero. Because apparently Dabo doesn't believe in, in the transfer portal yet. All this cultural bullshit. Bro, you're, you're losing mad games. You barely beat Boston College. Like... You're gonna have to you're gonna have to change your ways if you want to keep up with Bama and what Georgia's doing right now. Mm-hmm. And to me, with what Bama and Georgia's doing right now, even with how really good the sport's been, all these upsets, most uh, uh, ranked teams beaten 34, I believe, through five weeks, most ever uh, in a college football playoff format. Um, which I think transfer portal and name image likeness has a lot to do to uh, to do with like great yeah. for the sport, but also not great for the sport is. Two teams absolutely way dominant. Two spots basically open for what's basically 10, 20 other teams. And to me, that's just not good. That's just not good. And it just sets it up where you're always going to have, regardless of how it plays out, even if you expand it, obviously you'll still have team play uh, fans and teams that are like, oh, damn, we got left out, right? But like a lot, a lot less shitty, I think, when it's expanded than just four when basically two are slammed up. I agree with you on that, and I want to get Barry in on this, get his opinion too, but I think they do need to expand it. I've, I've been on the record for years saying I think it should be eight. Uh, Twelve is too much. It's too close to NFL. Uh, if it did go 12, I would be okay with it because it gives more teams an opportunity. But you look at teams like this year, uh, no one is beating Bama or Georgia except the other team. And that's just how it's going to go. These teams are so dominant, and they have been for years. You look at what Saban's been able to do with recruiting, now the transfer portal, to bring in these studs. He's always been a great defensive coach, but they've had unbelievable offenses recently. So it does suck. It's um, it, it takes away the magical seasons of like a Coastal, who hasn't lost a regular season game since, what, 2019. Uh, it's just unfortunate to see. Cincinnati, same thing. Um, you know, they're... There's only two spots open, and you know one's going to the Big 12 and one's probably going to the Big 10, so they ain't getting their opportunity, anyone. And it's wrong, and they need to fix it. Barry, what are your thoughts, bro? <laughs> On college football, I don't really have much thoughts because I don't really like it because uh, I live in New York, and it's not really my thing. That's, that's, but, that's uh, true. I, I, don't, 
I like seeing the same four teams every year. Sounds like Rich. Or what is it? Is it four or six now? It's four. I don't know. Absolutely, and I, I think you could, if you expand it to 8 or maybe 12, you could expand the rankings a little bit, so you actually give some of these non-Power 5 schools, you give an, give an, give them an opportunity yeah, but like, to play okay. someone All who right. has two losses. Alright, yeah, let me, just, let me just expand what I'm trying to say here. Like, did you see Oregon get stunned by Stanford? Yes. Okay, is Stanford making the college football playoff? No. Is Oregon maybe missing the college football playoff? Yeah. Now? Yeah. That seems fucked up to me. But it's been that way forever. That's what I'm trying to say, so though. To so it, much in the sport has changed, and now they're trying to say, oh, yeah, we're going to do this in 23 or 24 or 25. Bro, this is bullshit to me, bro. Why are you even doing this shit? Like, no, <laughs> no, for real. Woo! Like, that makes no sense to me. Like, I don't get that, bro. This is why college football is always lacking behind the NFL, regardless of how you're going to have these fucking big he- cheesehead fan college football fans. Bro, it's not as good ever. Because this, like, even when I'm turning out on Saturday, checking in all the games, all this slate, take a screenshot and, and watch it all day. Yeah, I am. Not doing shit. The game sucked. You had a couple of good games going on. At least on an NFL slate, you got five, six games that wind up being pretty decent, right? Bro, think of all these games that you get set up in a college football format at a slate. And really, what, you get two good games? Like, a couple good games that go to overtime. One shocking dude throws ten touchdowns or some bullshit. Another dude runs for seven touchdowns or some bullshit. It's just bull. It's bullshit. It's all bullshit, bro. And I, I just can't stand it, really, bro. I'm jumping off ship with supporting college football, and I was trying to support it this year. I'll support baseball more than college football. Until they expand that playoff, it's just it's just bullshit. And Coastal's got to just play more more teams. Like I'd rather yeah, at this point, I'd rather get into a better. get into a conference, bro. Do what UFC UCF just did, and all these teams joining the Big Twelve and shit. All these teams joining and morphing. Yeah, if you could join, like you got to do it. Be nice. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, unless you oh, there's the New York traffic with Barry hearing some horns. Love it. Uh, it's not even traffic. I'm walking my dog. Someone's hogging the front of my house. Oh, what a scumbag. <laughs> yeah, it, the problem with college football dog. is unless you support, like, the top four to seven teams, like, you know, it's usually a dud every year, which is unfortunate. At least with March Madness, the excitement of getting into the tournament, playing the first weekend games, maybe moving on. You have a crazy run like URI, try to make the Sweet 16 or something. It adds a whole new element to it. It's tough. I still love college football, but I completely agree with everything you guys said, but I think it's just uh, – I got into college football when you had Reggie Bush, Vince Young, that great matchup and stuff like that, and it's just nostalgic, and I do enjoy it, even though you already know it's going to be probably Georgia versus Alabama, both in the SEC championship and in the national championship. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty wild to me. Thrilling. So not, so not thrilling. WNBA playoffs, way more interesting than that. Hey, it's Vic Vangio. And he's talking about how mad he is about Lamar Jackson for rushing for five yards with three seconds remaining. For the Ravens NFL record, 43 consecutive games with 100 rushing yards, which I thought was a pretty fucking, like, cheesy move. I mean, I think, honestly, like, to that was out of it, it was a douchey move, but also <laughs> I respect it. Like, I was pissed when I saw it, but I do respect it. Um... 
if that's what you want to do and extend your record, like, by all means, go for it and stuff, too. But, like, gentleman's code in sports, what is that? But, like, you don't do that. But I'm fine with it. Whatever. Who cares? If you have a problem with it, you, you know, you should have played better offensively is my point. Well, uh, Barry, you got the Jets uh, winning at Atlanta, London game, 930 in the morning on Sunday, my guy. You're going to be up and watching? I look forward to waking up and watching it, yeah. You think they can? You think they can win that? I think they can win that. Neutral site, Falcons just kind of fucking dumped. Depending on what Matt Ryan's doing, which he could be doing anything, torching or sucking. So, I mean, I think I'm gonna go on a limb here and say the Jets win two in a row, and they're gonna win this game in London up against the Falcons. I'm picking the Jets hot right now on the pod for you, Barry. You got it? You think you like it or not? He's gone. Barreled? He's like, I'm out. <laughs> Barreled. <laughs> All right, I think it was a yeah, and he dropped the mic. All right, good to talk to you, Barreled. Oh, I did have a text from him 10 minutes ago. He couldn't hear anything, so. Uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup. I got uh, the Jets, bro. I mean, I can certainly see the Jets winning, but also I think it's going to be Some the big Ky- games I think we're going to get a Kyle Pitts game. I think he's dropping his first. All right, uh, let's get in a couple game picks before we get out of here. Uh, you got the L.A. Rams coming off their first loss of the season at Seattle Thursday night football. Big win up against Ooh. San Fran. Good Thursday night football game for you. Who you got in that? That's Putting you on the spot. Where, where is it? At Seattle. At Seattle. Uh, I think the 12s are going to have a huge impact in that. It's going to be a great hard-fought game. It's really a toss-up for me. I could see it going either way. But I think having the home field advantage in Seattle, one of the best places to play besides Arrowhead, is going to propel them to a three-point victory. Uh, I think Matt uh, yeah, I like Seattle Seattle is going to absolutely too. ball out. Uh, but I, for some reason, I see the short one, Russell Wilson, maybe connecting with DK or, you know, some random scrub, fourth wide receiver for a yeah, huge wild. touchdown in the fourth. Yeah, wild. I think I got Seattle in that, too. I'm going to make that division real yeah. wild, depending on what Part Arizona Part of the reason why does. I want him to win, too, because, you know. Arizona would be playing, let's see. San Francisco this week at Arizona. Trey Lance looking like he might be the guy. You got San Fran handing Arizona their first loss, or you got Arizona staying hot? See, this is a toss-up for me because I was not high on Arizona even after the first two weeks and stuff, uh, but they've certainly proved me wrong, especially yesterday. They absolutely balled out, played really well. That offense is dynamic. You had both running backs and James Conner and Chase Edmonds both go off. A.J. Green is starting to look like Bengals' A.J. Green, which is really nice. Obviously, you have Nuke. I like um, Trey Lance, though. I like Trey Lance a yeah, lot. I think, but also something you said that's very uh, telling is Shanahan's record without Jimmy G. And yeah. I think until I see a guy like Trey Lance come in, it's going to be his first career start. You know he's going to have a lot of nerves. And Arizona's riding high right now. Yeah. If they could pressure him early and make it tough. I see Arizona winning that game, but it's also going to be a very close, I think, like three-point game. Yeah, wild. Uh, you got Denver beating Pittsburgh, obviously, this week, or what's going on? You think Drew Locke starts, Teddy Bridgewater, what's going on? Um, If Teddy is back from his concussion, I do like Denver in that. I like how... You're the... worried if Drew Locke starts even in that, up against Pittsburgh? Teddy needs a week. You don't think you can beat Pittsburgh with Drew Locke? I mean, I think we could, but Drew Locke also played Pittsburgh last year in the You're first down series. down on Drew Locke now, huh? 
not so much down on him, but Teddy has really turned my eyes in a bright way. And like you see the way that the guys responded to Teddy, it was very tough losing two great receivers. KJ Hamler is a dynamic threat. We were using former quarterback slash wide receiver Kendall Hinton. Um, so it's going to be tough to see, but also with Pittsburgh's awful offensive line and Ben has to get the ball out so quick and you got a guy like Von Miller rushing on the outside and they have a couple other guys who have been playing real well on that defense. I like to see, but also Patrick Sertan leaving with a chest injury. Some wild matchups. I'm a little worried about that. Um, that's some wild matchups. Yeah, I think Denver. Green Bay at Cincy, two, three and one teams. Green Bay at Cincy, two, three and one teams. I got Green Bay smacking them. Big Rodgers guy, huh? I got Green Bay smacking them. Aaron Rodgers is falling back. Sunday Night Football, game. Buffalo at Chiefs. Ooh, Rematch at AFC Champ. Great, great matchup. Ooh, I'm excited for that one. That's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's Buffalo wins that. Yeah, I think Arrowhead? Buffalo wins that. Chiefs D is tough right now. They are. Um, but they, And I had Pat Mahomes losing well, I, I four or five as, games this yeah, year. I, I had I them 13 win bit, total. I think this is one of them they lose. I could see that. And also... Uh, you know, they did get the win last week and stuff, Bills too. Mafia, it's a little bit baby. of a revenge game for the Bills. So I'm going to pick the Bills in this one in a very close, high-scoring, high-scoring game. I could see this being like a 45-42 game. Josh Allen comes up clutch in the end. I think it's not going to – Patrick Mahomes is going to have one of those Patrick Mahomes games where he's great, but you're going to get like a CEH fumble or something to screw him. A couple really good games on the slate. You got. I asked you, who do you got tonight? Monday Night Football. Uh, Vegas Chargers. Oh, oh, I never got my pick in. You asked Barry to switch off of it. Um, it's at Vegas, right? Or no, it's at SoFi. It's in yeah. California. I really like Brandon Staley as the head coach there. And I think his, yeah. uh, you know, he's a great defensive-minded head coach and stuff too, but he was a quarterback in college. He kind of knows everything in a sense to yeah, both sides nice. of the ball. So I, I like what they're doing. I like what they're building there. And also the Raiders, they've won – a couple games, but like they've all been close and they haven't been pretty for the most part. And yep. like they've really grinded them out, which I think is a good thing for the long term, especially this season as the season progresses and knowing how to win those tough games. But this one, I got them getting their first loss. A lot of the other yeah, three no teams got their loss. So, and if that happens, you'll have the Chargers facing Cleveland, two three and one teams matched up in week five next week. Some other really good games on the slate uh, Philadelphia at Carolina. Carolina coming off its first loss. That'll be a good tester for Sam Darnold, who I still that. got faith. You got Philly in that? I got Philly in that. The way their offense has been playing, I know. You got Carolina's no faith in the Panthers? Even, not without Christian McCaffrey. Wow. I agree. I tend to agree with, like, Christian McCaffrey being a huge X factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Darnold's played But I think well they can win that game. I think too. they can win that game. I can see them game. winning it, but I'm going to pick against him in this one. Interesting. Uh, and then you got that. Giants Dallas matchup at Dallas, which is pretty big for me because you know I haven't been talking as much Giants as I normally would because I went on the record when I was talking with Barry this past week, basically saying like, dude, I'm torched, I'm so hurt. Um, it's tough for me to like pick Giants, yeah. and then my brother is at the sports book and I told him pick. I think they're gonna beat the Saints. I think they're gonna beat the Saints. Take the Giants. They were plus seven points. That's a lot of points. Then they're down eleven in the fourth quarter. My brother texted me. I still had the faith, man. I didn't think we were going to win the game, but the way we won that game is just part of the reason why I'm still going to hold out some hope. And I know it's going to be a tough game this week, but I think we can win this game too. Even as hot as Dallas has been, like, are they going to be the type of team that are just winning hot all year? I don't think so, man. I really don't think so. And it's just one of these things, division matchup, 
gritty matchup. Daniel Jones looking really good. Saquon Barkley looking back and healthy. If he's playing and rushing like that, regardless of how they're saying our offensive line is, regardless of Zeke getting 146 yards this this past game, which is his most since his rookie year, um, you know, all the slander that we've been putting on Zeke, I think it's going to be a great matchup, dude, through and through. Dallas yeah. defense looking better. I thought Giants defense would be better than they are, but they played pretty decent at, in that game to get that win and get that comeback. Bradbury with the interception. I think it's going to be a big game both ways. Because yeah. if you're Dallas, you're looking to, you know, raise cream in the crop and prove that you're going to be in this division. If you're the Giants, you're holding on for dear life, right? Especially with the schedule they got coming up. I think this is another must-win for the G-Men, and it was must-win last week. It was must-win in week three, and I saw us literally give the game away. We've been in all these games. That's what I'm telling my brother. I heard Colin Coher with a take on it, and I love it, and I don't love it as much. But we've been in all these games. You go and check since Joe Judge has been a head coach. The only game we've ever gotten blown out is in one game. It's against the 49ers. Yeah, Unfortunately, it was against Nick Mullins. It was week three after only losing three. Saquon Barkley in week two. Every other single game we've been in. Literally been in the game the or should have won the game or won the game and won a couple big games. Seattle on the road last year. A couple really good games. Uh, Daniel Jones wasn't even starting that. I think the Giants have enough talent to win more games than a lot of people are predicting them to do, and I have them winning this game as well. It's going to be wild for me, I, though. I like I've been that. on the hot take. I think it's um, Giants with, looking with hot. that game, it all comes down to the fucking clown Jason Garrett, the double agent for Jerry Jones. I think he's probably, because he's in Jerry Jones' pocket still getting paid off, he's probably going to run nothing but draws up the middle. And Draws up the middle. But if you get fourth quarter Jerry Jones, or I mean Jerry Jones, Jason Garrett, to actually call a good game and use your weapons and not just run stick routes the whole fucking time, I think they could make it interesting for sure. I'm going to pick, I think the Cowboys are going to win though. It's in yeah. Dallas, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm going with the home team. You're the home team. Much love for coming through. Much love for Barry stopping by. Couldn't get him through on the Twitch stream, which was not working apparently. But now it's working, so I turned it on to say what's up today. You can check out the podcast full stream out on Spotify, Podbeam, in hopefully about a half hour or so. Much love to Smats coming through, talking a little MLB, NFL, and all things sports, particularly vaccine-related with the NBA as well. Um, a lot of good conversations here held on the podcast. Hopefully, Smats will be back soon. Much love for coming through, my my man. Thank you so much for Always having looking me. We good. really didn't talk enough NBA, so I want to get this in. Ben Simmons is a baby back bitch. Um, <laughs> you fucking sign a huge extension like that and you want out because you ruined the playoffs for your team. I think that's the most cowardice thing I've seen in a while. Oh, I, I love this. He absolutely... Should have to sit out the whole season and not get his money. That's what I think. Oh because my you god! You know, I love this. Right I here. can't stand it. I love that. I love. You know what I appreciated the other night, which I want to get this in before we get out. We've been going out a little more, playing some pool. Love it. Met up with this dude from fucking Wonderland, fucking Dave Zealand, man. Kiwi Dave, New Zealand. Let my, me just say. Buddy. The best part about that was when Musty came up to you and was telling you how much he loved listening to you on my pod. I know, that was awesome. Because, uh, thanks, Musty. It is one of those things where I've always appreciated you and anyone else that comes on the pod because it is fun for me having you guys come through and do it. And, uh, for me, I've always told you, man, you were like the guy that first started out with me yeah, and kind of yeah. we groomed along the way. And now we're, uh, I don't know, gotten way better over time. I think it's funny where. 
we've kind of groomed into like where who we are with when we come into the podcast and you're mm-hmm. kind of this splashy get your ran in mm-hmm. get it out and i love that much love for you coming Absolutely. through as always um hopefully we'll catch up a couple soon quick Met notes before we leave sorry about the mets they hey, suck it's, it's tough shit happens i've never seen them win they and suck i'll be waiting but Opening day, 178 days away. Resign Javi Baez. I would love to see Rojas come back. What are you never coming come back, back again? Now I won't see you for a little while. No, I'll be back. I'll be Such back. A push, I'm going to be winding down the Mets takes until uh, things start happening in the offseason. Yeah, so. I worry about them Broncos for now. Exactly. They scare me. They. I'm scared. We had an easy three games to start, but you know. Yeah, easy three last games week, to start. Last week, last week, was against the Giants. Bit. Yeah. All right, bro. I mean, you guys were a combined 0 and 10 by the time this. Uh, the game started on Sunday, the three teams we played. So, schedule gets a lot tougher from here on out. We'll have to see how it goes, but, you know, I'm along yeah, for the we'll ride. Yeah, we'll see how I'm it goes. I'm just happy to see Von Miller back, AFC Defensive Player of the Month. He had another half sack yesterday. He's up to 110, 10 and a half. Shout out, Von. Bonnie B. Vashon Much love, Smats. Much love, Barry coming through. That's all I have for the airwaves today. Appreciate all listening as always. And as always, still have no shame what I had to say. Just a man with a nickname. Till next time, everybody. Peace and love. Stay safe out there. Enjoy them sports. Hot Wheels is out. Let's go. Also got some other games on the P5 as well. Enjoy them games. Seggy Station. Bro, I got it.